People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Welcome to the 123rd edition of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. I am here with Matt. Matt, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, everybody? I, of course, am Joe. We are the 20 by 20 Wrestling Crew. Hell of a time to be a wrestling fan, Matt. A uh, whole lot of shit going on. whole lot of shit, ladies and gentlemen. Not just half a bunch of shit. A whole lot of shit. <laughs> Hello. My name is Emma, and in today's lesson... I am going to teach you some expressions that might not be the most polite, but that are very, very useful and common, actually. These expressions all have to do with the word shit. As you may know, shit in English is considered a bad word or a swear word. Even though it's considered this, many, many people use the word shit in many different ways. Shit is actually one of the most useful expressions because you can use it uh, when you're angry, when you're happy, to describe your house, to describe your car. There are so many different ways we use the word shit. Um, so this video is actually called number two. And the reason why it's called talking more shit number two is because I've made a previous video with a lot of other shit expressions. And I just found there were so many in English, I wanted to add more to your vocabulary. Uh, just as an aside, just a side note, number two is actually another way we say shit. It's actually a synonym of this, okay? So if you ever hear anyone talk about taking a number two, it actually means they're taking a shit, okay? Um, so let's get started and learn some more shitty expressions. You've got AEW absolutely on fire right now uh, we'll get to that in a second <laughs> we've got the boys stooging on each other on dark side of the ring <laughs> boy, oh boy. we've got the g1 going on over there in japan we've got mlw just setting up shop with the deep deep roster we'll talk about that too uh, we'll talk about the mass exodus from the WWE, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, I'm going to start off, though, this, this episode with Big E. Our last episode aired the same day he won the WWE title on Monday Night Raw. He cashed in his money in the bank. Congrats, Big E. Uh, my question to you, Matt, uh, what do you think of Big E as, as a transitional champion, uh, meaning short-term not long term. How much of this is for ratings only? And and I'll explain that in a second. How much of this has to do with the Saudi Arabia show coming up around Halloween? Why is it okay for Big E to beat Bobby Lashley, but not Randy Orton to beat Bobby Lashley? So before you answer any of those questions, uh, for those who don't know and or are interested, I bring up the ratings as a ploy because the week before, AEW Dynamite had beat Monday Night Raw in both the overall ratings and the key demo 
I believe for the first time since AEW has been around, Raw is losing a ton of viewers just because of the low quality programming, I guess we could call it. <laughs> and uh, in order to combat, to directly combat AEW, a company apparently that they are not in a war with, Vince McMahon pretty much said, hey, you know, we're going to address the situation like this and we're going to have Big E cash in his money in the bank. We're going to make it known on social media. So they had Big E come out and say, hey, cat's out of the bag. I'm going to cash in tonight and we'll see what happens. And of course he wins the title. There's a lot going on with this situation. But I want to know from you, what do you think about all this? It's crazy to even think that if you're not in a war with another company, why are you even paying attention to their ratings? So please have at it, man. I'm in, in a very rare moment. I'm going to not fully, but semi justify some of the drops in ratings. Um, we always have to acknowledge this time of year because they are in direct competition with Monday Night Football. Okay. Um, so you are going to lose a demographic for sure. Okay. You can't. There's not many entities that can compete with the NFL. That being said, this has been a situation that we have seen throughout the this year that we've discussed. You can say whatever you want as far as the WWE versus AEW competition. You know, a WWE always will try to pull the wool over your eyes, say, "Oh, we're an entertainment company, and our competition is." other entertainment entities. Football, Disney, right. yada, yada, yada. Gotcha. But the reality is, when, when they when they put all that out there, what they're sneaking in is AEW. And because if, if, if you believe for one second that they're not looking at, at, at AEW's results and, and ratings and, and what have you, uh, you're, you're just, you're a mindless fool. It's, it's pretty apparent that they are, and it shows from... When a all the way since AEW has started, you go back to very quickly here. Let's go back to Fight for the Fall in 2019. That comes out. WWE post makes this big evolve show oh, on the same right. night. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> to the point where Cody Rhodes gets very emotional and on 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 the show, which I was there live, very vigorously say, "You can't counter program us. You just can't." And the shot was was called, and so far, AEW's been right. So, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's one of those things where they've they've tried to do these things throughout the entire existence of AEW, their their entire short existence thus far. So for them to do this, it makes sense to me because Bobby Lashley has been greatest champion. I think it's one of the few bright spots in that company right now. He's not only has he has he done good heel work. But his performances, his matches, have compared to the other world champion, way, way supersedes anything Roman Reigns has done on his best day. Roman Reigns is a great heel, but he's a shit wrestler, and he always has been, and always will be. <laughs> no, no, no disrespect to Bobby Lashley, but to have something like have someone like Big E, who has a following, who has a social media following, to have him go out there and and verbally say, "Hey, I'm going to cash in," even if they don't cash in. You're going to get viewers, and I think it's a smart move. I think, potentially, you could have not have pulled the trigger and still see what you could have got out of that. Okay. I'm not saying you continuously do that, but maybe maybe potentially see, hey, we're going to cash in, and then... Because if you, if you go back to that to that Raw, Bobby Lashley was hinting that like he refuses. I'm not, I'm not defending my title. 
and then he walks out or something happens to Big E or I, I don't know, whatever, and then a match doesn't actually happen. You still got your ratings, is my point. They, they pull the trigger anyways, and yeah, I you know congrats to Big E. But as far as the, the ratings go and all that stuff, here's where I become the asshole here. Big E is just not, I don't think he's big enough to carry that, that brand. Um, I don't think there's going to be one entity that's going to be big enough to carry that brand. I mean... I'm sorry, I watched that episode of Raw, unfortunately, <laughs> and you, you give me two hours and 45 minutes of, of filler just so I can see that? No, it's just not. Congratulations on a successful night. I'm assuming they had good ratings that night. I don't know. Okay, well, I don't know either. If they did and it worked, that's great, but it's not something that you can do long term. Hey everybody, this is Joe from the 20x20 Ring Crew. Take a look at NCP Mobile. It's a free app that you use to turn your shopping trips into rewards. Use NCP Mobile to answer questions about the items you purchase and you'll get rewards points that you can redeem for great gifts. You'll also gain access to surveys and sweepstakes that will earn you even more points. Use our referral code 454129 during sign up and you'll get a thousand points just for starting download ncp mobile for free at one link dot two forward slash s w p w g c that's o n e l i n k dot t o forward slash s w p w g c thanks again and let's get back to the show So you're saying Big E is transitional and that's it? I'm saying he's not big enough to carry the ratings himself. Is that is, if that answers the question as in yes, then unfortunately, then yeah, he's, he's transitional. But the problem is there isn't anybody on that roster. If you had to give can. it to somebody, do we see Lashley come back? Is it Orton? Do you think Orton can do it? No. no. I, I, we're, but will they make Orton the champ? It gets tricky, and I know I think into it too much, but... Let's face facts, nobody has done it yet. It gets trickier, Randy Orton, because he's so damn close to that coveted 16 world titles. So anytime you get to that point, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think John Cena has reached that No, either. I don't think so. So it gets tricky because now it's like, as soon as that happens, he's at Ric Flair status. Now, look, you can take that with a grain of salt. I'm just going by how the company has booked Okay. Once you reach that certain level of championships, it's like, eh, do we really want to give you another title? Is Randy Orton a guy that can be that that 16, maybe even 17-time world champion? Yes. But it's just a matter of it, it's it's not as easy to answer that anymore. Had he be on like 11 or 12, I would say absolutely he's going to be the Saudi Arabian champion, no doubt about it. I, I just I just don't know. Do I see Big E lasting past Saudi Arabia? I don't. I, I think uh, I think it's, it's it's a good feeling, but he's not being taken seriously already as champion. I know Roman Reigns has called him out already, and yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's just not it's not a good look for him, and and that sucks because I already hate the fact that he, you know we have his first world title as as a cash in. I don't like cash in championship reigns, and on top of that. 
He's in a predicament where you're on that cusp of the Saudi Arabia shows. I hate, I despise these Saudi Arabia shows so much because they give in to these popularity contests. And I don't think there's a there's a big pull or big push for Big E amongst that fan base. And because of that, I think he's just there to pretty much Bruce Pritchard, here's a prop. Do, do this for a couple of weeks, and then you're going to drop it. So... And probably on Raw. Assuming Randy Orton takes the title next, and that qualifies him to quote-unquote Ric Flair status, Yeah. do you think it's easier for that to happen now because of the whole dark side of the ring situation? Mm-hmm. Or does that change the booking for the company at all? It's, it, it's a double-edged sword because... When you have somebody surpass Ric Flair, you want to glorify it, right? I mean, wouldn't it be a great instance where somebody like Randy Orton, who in their eyes is is the Ric Flair status guy, for example, and he wins his 16th, maybe 17th title, and Ric Flair's there to kind of pass that torch? He can't do that. He, I was going to say he there. That's not going to happen. Yeah, he can't. Yeah. He it's, it's he can't do that. Even now. if they brought him in for one shot, it won't happen because of what's going on with Dark Side. Of the yeah, um, yeah. He's for all intents and purposes, he's canceled right yeah, now. He's dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <there> you, <go. laughs> you can't. You can't even touch that Ric Flair status because you can't mention Ric Flair. It's just not a good time to even acknowledge Ric Flair. Do you just say fuck it, surpass him? He's a, maybe take a shot at Ric Flair. Say hey. 16's nothing now. Randy Orton's a 17-time world champion. Can you see WWE doing something like that? I can. To me, that contradicts everything that they've they have pretty much put themselves in for such a long time. Is Randy Orton going to be the next champion? Who else on that Raw roster do you give it to? I mean, you give it back to Lashley, sure. Randy Orton, sure. Who else on that roster is at that level? As far as character-wise, booking-wise. I, I can't think of anybody off the top not of a, my head. Not a damn soul. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot of talent on that roster, which we've already named before. By the way, real quick here, uh, I, I heard, because uh, he's on Raw, our boy Keith Lee is is like Big Bear. Bearcat. Bearcat. Yeah. Bearcat. Yeah. Uh, which supposedly is alluding to the first African-American world heavyweight champion, uh, I believe Bear, Bearcat Wilson. So if that's the case and that's why they're calling him that, cool. Otherwise, I don't know where they got Bearcat from. But can they put him on Raw at least? I I would hope that uh, Not main event. Yeah, I would hope that uh, that ha- that change happens soon. Uh, that's what they're doing. They're the reason you're seeing him on main event and dark matches is because they're getting him to change his his persona and his gimmick and such, so that when he does show back up on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown or wherever, uh, we'll see a quote unquote new and improved Keith Lee. So, but again, if if it happens to be where he's being called Bearcat in honor of the previous Bearcat, maybe it is alluding to a world championship. And okay. maybe Keith Lee is the guy that steps up and takes it from Big E or, or Randy Orton or, or whoever happens to be the champ when that happens. So that's my hope, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that happens. They need somebody. They need somebody to step up and uh, deepen that roster. I mean, again, you have so much talent that's on there, and we're still wasting time with the same stuff. Um, the first expression I want to teach you is scared shitless. Okay, 
So scared shitless means you are very, very scared of something. Okay. So it means you're, you're terrified. You're so scared. An example of this is if you saw a ghost. Okay. When I saw the ghost, I was scared shitless. I couldn't move. I was scared shitless. Have you ever seen a scary movie that has scared you shitless? For me, I guess it was the movie The Exorcist that scared me shitless. Okay. So, very scared. We have another expression with the word shit. To be in deep shit. To be in deep shit. So if you are in deep shit, it means you are in trouble. Okay. If you are in shit, deep shit means you're in a lot of trouble. So let's look at an example. I lost $10,000. Okay. Imagine this at the casino. So I spent all my money, $10,000 at the casino. Now I have a lot of problems. I'm in deep shit. It means I have a lot of problems. I have big trouble. Okay. Deep shit. Was it, was it you that told me? Maybe it wasn't. I can't remember now. But there's, there's some kind of hinkling that Raw is in talks potentially for a fourth hour. I know Nick Khan, who is general manager of that. Shouldn't be. Yeah. He, he stated that he would like to see the show go four hours. You could barely fill a half hour. Because of, not necessarily because of sports entertainment or wrestling or whatever you would like to refer to it as, but because of sponsorships and stuff. They'd be able to get more sponsors yeah. in. So not necessarily seeing more action, just more sponsors, more TV time. Which is, I mean, I get it from a business standpoint, but I mean, you've got, you've got fans attending live already who are there <laughs> between three and, well, four and five hours. Yeah. And they're seeing less, sometimes less than an hour of action because of all the ads and downtime and whatnot. So that's that's just horrible. Like, that's really completely horrible. Especially with, you know, ticket prices and the pandemic and, and everything considered. I'm glad you mentioned Ric Flair. It's a nice way to segue into our next topic. Dark Side of the Ring, the second half of season three, premiered a couple weeks ago, early yeah. September. Mm -hmm. The premiere episode was about the legendary plane ride from hell. You guys don't know what that's all about. Please, we can implore you to take the time and go check out the episode free on YouTube on Vice's own YouTube channel. Oh, as always, we have wrestling on in the background. We're watching the AEW Super Show Grand Slam live from New York at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Currently in the ring, Cody Rhodes Cody taking Rhodes, on yeah. Malachi Black. And we got to see Brandy Rhodes uh, give up the double bird. I was saying real quick, th this is Arthur Ashe Stadium, which is known for the U.S. Open. Yeah. Just tennis for those who don't know. I gotta imagine. I know I'm gonna sound, I'm gonna sound so, like a, such a fanboy, but I'm gonna say it anyways. <laughs> this has gotta be like the most entertained crowd that's ever like sat in this venue. I mean, I, I don't watch a lot of tennis, but from what I've seen, to be honest with you, I think this is the first time the venue's ever been sold out. Oh, there you go. There so. you have it. So for the owners of of the stadium or whoever runs it whoever books the venue this is this is what an entertained crowd looks like I, with all due respect to people that play tennis I'm, I'm sure it's they i mean they're all doing very well for themselves financially but 
Jesus Christ, what a boring, what a boring sport. <laughs> um, I, I would have mental breakdowns too if I had to play tennis for a living. So I'm gonna get shit for that. One. Well, what's not boring uh, was the Dark Side of the Ring episode. That and, it was not. It was um, uh, quite entertaining. So there's a lot to unpack here. And, yeah, and so I, I will say this: anybody who has started watching professional wrestling, I'd say within the past 15 to 20 years, you have to be aware of one thing, and it's like it's kind of like the equivalent of doing housework and you're sweeping, right? Mm-hmm. And you come across this pile of dirt, right? And instead of vacuuming up the dirt and getting rid of the dirt, you just sweep it under the rug. Yeah. Sooner or later. All that dirt's going to pile up and it's going to come out from underneath that rug. This is what professional wrestling is like. There's always something and e- even even nowadays it it you know things like this come out. Maybe not to this degree. Yeah. But little things still come out about inappropriateness, you know, there's you know how many times over the past 2 or 3 years alone. Yeah. Have uh, people been called out for or during the Me Too movement, uh, you know, possible pedophilia, things of that nature. Like, it seems like, for whatever reason, the world of pro wrestling always has a part of this as as a core to the negative connotation that comes with watching professional wrestling, unfortunately. But we live in a different day and age, and a lot of the stuff that happened on the plane ride from hell... Mm-hmm. Is is either non-existent now or it has has ceased quite a bit. And you know, I'm talking about drug abuse, blatant alcoholism amongst the boys. Uh, both both of those vices, no pun intended. And and then you know, you mentioned Ric Flair, and in the episode, the flight attendant that they had on the episode divulges that. He apparently tried to get her to handle his genitalia as part of a what the boys call a rib, a joke, a practical joke. And, you know, obviously she was not too happy about that and a lot of people weren't. I wouldn't be happy about that. It was weird because during the episode you hear Tommy Dreamer talk about his feelings on, on what took place and a lot of people had a problem with what Tommy Dreamer said or the way he said it. If you don't mind, please elaborate on how you felt about what he said and then I'll get back to the episode. Alright, so just referring to the Tommy Dreamer stuff, watching it uh, the day after it aired, you know, I'm watching it with Mel so you have a women's perspective as well. And, hey Mel. And, uh, you know, she she watches wrestling pretty much just when I have it on. Okay. You know, Likes it, but it's not necessarily her cup of tea all the time, which is fine. You know, so sometimes I I explain things to her sure. about certain aspects of it, and you get to the part of the the Ric Flair with the the robe, and he's naked. Now, anyone that's ever followed Ric Flair's career, I have read his autobiography twice. Is something that you know that Ric Flair has pretty much everyone that's been in a Ric Flair locker room. That's that's kind of happened a lot, and you can look at that and you can say. Hey, that's Ric Flair being Ric Flair. And that's okay, right? The boys will be boys. But the problem is when you're on a plane with flight attendants or just workers, male or female or whatever gender they identify as, that are not part of the business, the boys will be boys has to go away. And and boys have to become men. And clearly, the one thing that was constant throughout this episode is that you have a lot of vices, again, no pun intended, that are happening on this plane ride and 
those those men never never come out and you have the same antics that you would have in a locker room or in a private hotel room happening on a plane a public plane and for anyone that says well it's private it was a private airline it's still a public place and therefore you need to act a certain way Tommy Dreamer does not deny that anything any of those things happened that 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 flight attendant alleges he doesn't deny them okay and so that you we got to make that point very clear instead he rolls his eyes essentially and says she's she, she she's blowing it out of proportion it was just a joke Tommy Dreamer I don't know what his deal is with this lady I don't know what his relationship with Ric Flair is why he decided to defend him in the way that he did but Tommy Dreamer's his words were to say that they were out of line is an understatement they were just damn right harsh they were damn right ignorant and he's just flat out fucking mean yeah he, about the whole he, thing he comes across like he comes across as two things to me mm-hmm. uh, he comes across as ultra ignorant yeah mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to he's he's tone deaf to to the situation yeah and then I just I don't understand why he's so hell bent on defending Ric Flair, but he is. Just the 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 culmination of two those two things it just makes him look like such a jackass. Now I've never met Tommy Dreamer, and and you know to be honest, like it, he's he's never been a, a a super favorite of mine. Hearing people like Jim Cornette talk about it is like, well, you know, Tommy Dreamer, you know, I've I've never known him to be this way like he's like i don't understand why he's coming across like so vindictive to this lady like what did this lady do personally to him right you know Mm -hmm. and and, but he comes across like that in the interview there's a couple more points i want to make about tommy dreamer you know tommy dreamer i i think when with what was the nail in the coffin for me with him he literally compares a woman being offended by the accusation that that Ric Flair tried to force her to touch his penis, call it that. And then, but even even if even if that was denied, Ric Flair exposing himself in public, which by the way is not a legal move, um, indecent exposure is a crime, ladies and gentlemen. But she, her being offended by that is, and then he she he compared it to you know people are so offended these days that they're even offended by my ponytail. I don't even know where to begin with that statement. There, there's so many things wrong with what he said. And I want I want people to understand that. So Ric Flair, or excuse me, so Tommy Dreamer has been suspended from Impact Wrestling. And we can talk more on that in a second. But I what I want to say to those that are rolling their eyes and saying this is another example of cancel culture, apples and oranges. It's not the same thing. Tommy Dreamer was a complete, utter douchebag in this interview. To have no sympathy for a woman who has no idea what Ric Flair is trying to do. She doesn't know Ric Flair. She doesn't know that this is a rib. You know, Ric Flair and and the robe and, you know, waving his penis around. That's a Ric Flair rib amongst other wrestlers. She is not a wrestler. She has no idea about that. So you can't sit there and say she is blowing things out of proportion when she has never even been part of this crew. It's an inside joke that she's not a part of. So therefore, Ric Flair and the rest of that rest of that group was wrong for thinking that that was okay to begin with. And for Tommy Dreamer, 
almost 20 fucking years later <laughs> to come out and still say, oh, she was just blowing that out of proportion. If it was such a big deal, why did she take the settlement? Oh, this and that. Like, basically, fuck this lady. When all the lady was doing, all, all this woman was doing was saying, like, look, this is what happened to me. This is why I didn't take, this is why I took the settlement. It, you know, it's, I'm, I'm only talking about it now because you guys asked me to, basically. Like, to me, it's done. But Tommy Dreamer still can't fucking let that go. I don't, I don't understand it. I, and, and the other point I want to make about Tommy Dreamer, when I was talking to Mel about, about Dreamer, is like, for those who don't know, Tommy Dreamer is a mentor to a lot of female talent. And that, that's, that's a well-known fact to anybody that reads anything up about what's happening in the world of wrestling these days. I don't understand all these years later, he's mentoring female talent talent in a world where female whether they're wrestlers or non-wrestlers females are are finally coming out and saying hey enough's enough with the bullshit from from the opposite sex and you're mentoring females but yeah when it comes down to old school antics man you're the first one to defend that you're the first in line to fucking defend that so the hell with all your people all the all the talent that you're mentoring right because if that happened to them oh you're just being overreacted this is this is the business this is the way things are you have to evolve. And clearly, this 50-year-old man has not done that. I'll just go on record and say, if Tommy Dreamer never comes back in pro wrestling, I wouldn't even fucking bat an eye. Fuck you. Fuck your comments. And uh, you want to defend Ric Flair to the death, you can, you can fucking have the old man. He's been pulled off of busted open radio as well. Um, I don't think he's got any... Any paying gig left going at the moment. He could wrestle for that Del Rio company that we <laughs> talked about. Inappropriate wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Maybe they'll choke each other to death. <laughs> uh, it's it's just been it's been a very hotly contested and debated topic amongst uh, pro wrestling fans, sure. old and new. And uh, I I wholeheartedly agree with everything you said. Like I said, he comes across very tone deaf to the situation on facebook uh I, I i was talking to a couple of old school wrestling fans and one of them brought up some evidence from the flight attendant in question where obviously before all this happened with the plane ride from hell apparently she was a part her and her husband of robbing a jewelry store her husband her she was yeah okay. both, both of them were apparently they apparently they somehow robbed a a jewelry store or an antique store, something of that nature. It was, I believe it was some sort of like fraud. And they were using that to, I guess in a roundabout way, defend boys and or Ric Flair. When the guy posted this on social media, there was a lot of people who were like, this has jack shit to do with what happened there on that plane. Where are you going with this? He didn't have anything uh, meaningful to, to defend himself with. And a lot of people had to sit there and explain to him like, Whatever she does outside of her job, that's on her. She was being professional at her job, much like the boys should have been professional around around the public, meaning the the flight crews. Yeah, it, it's just bad look, bad look for the business, bad look on a lot of the boys. Uh, we were laughing at Scott Hall because he's literally in there for like 15 seconds of the episode. Yeah, he makes one statement. And it's not even, it's just his voice, his disembodied voice. You don't see him per se. Yeah, you know, they talk about how he got let go hours after that happened because, you know, like what what sort of 
way is that to act? You know, yeah. you're all fucking hepped up on Halcyon or Somas or, or whatever your situation was and alcohol. What the fuck? Like, you're supposed to be a professional. A lot of people in these situations will try to dig up dirt because people are imperfect, right? What if, if she was a part of a crime outside of this, it still doesn't make it okay to be violated exactly and that's yeah, you know, exactly. It, it, it that's a reach and it's not even a good one the scott hall situation the one thing that pissed me off was jim ross's statements of how the hell were we supposed to know what do you mean you didn't fucking know he was an alcoholic what the fuck do you mean because i could fucking pull up hours of wwe's own content acknowledging the fact that Scott Hall, from the moment they signed him, was a problem because of his alcoholism. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, Jim Ross comes across as like, you know, we put him back on the road, and we didn't know that this was going to be an issue. Yeah, you didn't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't buy that for a second. And and obviously, as history will show, it was a bad call on on, on multiple accounts. You know, any anything else to add to that dark side of the ring uh, episode? I just want to say, you know, for, you know, so, so many people like to say good job to, you know, the cancel culture aspect of things. Ric Flair getting booted from or pulled from WWE's shop and all the merchandise being pulled. Ladies and gentlemen, it's it's 19 years too late. Uh, <laughs> Ric Flair has not worked for that company in some months now. Uh, they're they're making they were previously making money over over a, a, a man that they fired. Which they weren't breaking any laws, of course, but still, that's that's pretty distasteful in my opinion to begin with. So them pulling it is not them being heroes. They should have did something about that 19 years ago when uh, when they were being taken to court. I just kind of want to. I hate to be the. I told you so, but this goes back to the whole idea we talked about previously, where these big companies don't give a shit about being politically politically correct. They just they do these little things so they can pat themselves on the back and says, "Hey, we we took care of the bad guy for you." Now you didn't, because you should have stopped that culture way back when you know. Because one one other thing that was that was said a lot uh, or quite a bit in that episode was Terry Runnels was in that episode, and how many times you know did she have to deal with that stuff? And that was, "Hey, sweetheart, that's part of the business." Where was the heroes then? When these women had to be subjected to this bullshit that was happening. And I love pro wrestling. I do. And I love old school wrestling. It just—it was one of those examples to why sometimes I just kind of stick to the smoke and mirrors of pro wrestling. Because behind the scenes, there's a lot of horse shit that, that takes place that you just don't want to ever know that happens. At the same time, as a human being, I'm glad that this has kind of gone away. And I don't know if it'll ever go away for good, but we stop this mentality of, hey, it's just a rib. No, it's another man's genitalia. He needs to keep it in his pants unless somebody asks for to see it. That's not a joke. It's it's gross. I, and it's, you know, as as a male, I don't want to fucking see that. I can't remember if she said on the on the episode or not. Chime in if, if you don't mind. But I remember her talking about... How Brock Lesnar did that to her? Yeah, they talked about yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Brock Lesnar was apparently had a reputation of uh, inappropriate behavior. And so you know, there's that's two other things that could be said. Like, why isn't Brock Lesnar canceled? Yeah. You know, 
why does he get the pass? You know, he's still fucking working for WWE. He's doing a Saudi Arabia he's show. That's this, why, yeah. Joe. He's okay. money, you know. Well, there you go. And then the other thing, too, is, you know, just because Terry Reynolds took it a lot with a lot more grace than most other women would doesn't mean that any of that is okay. Yeah. Like you said, there, you know, if it's amongst the boys and boys will be boys, that's one thing. You don't include her. Mm-hmm. You ha- you have guys doing that shit, and it's like, what the fuck? Where where's where's there a place for that? When is that ever okay? It's never okay. When does human decency take place? I and mean, you and I used to work a similar nine to five, and there's certain things that we could talk about amongst each other. But as soon as the lady comes in, hey, you back off, yeah, you tone yeah. down. It's one, it's it's respect first and foremost. Absolutely, have fucking respect for fucking people. I mean, come on, and uh, you know, but but two. The employer, Vince McMahon himself, who was on the fucking plane, just sat there and fucking did nothing the entire time. And, and, and that got brought up during Cornette's podcast, and apparently there was multiple plane rides that were plane rides from hell, and we're just hearing about the one, Yeah. and I guess Vince wasn't on all of them, but he was on multiple so like even even if that get all that data gets entered into the situation, you still have to ask the same question you just asked: Where the hell was Vince, and why wasn't things done back then? Why why do they why do they why do they continuously pour in the alcohol? Why do they continuously uh, again allow the antics to happen? There's a lot of things that could have been avoided had. Uh, had human decency and common sense taking place. Probably the most controversial episode that they've they've released of that show. I'll tell you what, it's got a lot of people talking, maybe for the right reasons, as far as the, the Ric Flair Tommy Dreamer situation. Look, you get what you deserve when you when you do the things that you do. Ric Flair is a legend, there's no doubt about that. And his you know, just similar to other entities that we've talked about in the past. Their performance in the ring speaks volume for themselves. But the this idea that, hey, Ric Flair's this old man now, we have to forgive it. No, you shouldn't. You, everybody has to pay for what they did. Whether he f- tried to force himself onto her or not, Ric Flair denies that, of course. He doesn't deny the fact that he's swinging his penis around in front of flight attendants, which is already a massive no-no. So, Ric Flair... Fuck you two. You can you and Tommy Dreamer can send your fucking island of disgruntlement <laughs> together. So, real quick here, uh, we're watch, again we're watching the uh, Grand Slam Dynamites Arthur Ashe Arena or Stadium. Sting and Darby Allen versus FTR. FTR is rocking uh, Scott Hall NWO style, style tights. tights. Yep. New Day's been doing that with uh, with the red and black. It was 25 years of the NWO. 25 so. years of the NWO. Is that what we're doing here? Yep, yep. It's interesting that they went ahead and still did the, the Scott Hall thing. Well, in this case, I think it, it's because like they're trying to get like they're trying to get under Sting's a heel, skin. A heel move. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, pretty solid match so far. I, you know, Sting, Sting's been surprised me. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's not wowing me. But definitely surprising me of some of the bumps he's taken since uh, since coming back. Definitely not something that I I we when we when he first got here in December of the last year. Yeah, I didn't think he would be doing all this. Yeah, we discussed it on here, and yeah, we <laughs> we pretty much said like, oh, he's gonna do those you know those gimmicky you know movie matches, and 
maybe take a bump here or there, but no, nah, he's he's full blown wrestling to as much as a fifty plus year old man can. He can't, right, yeah. <laughs> so, kudos Shit. to him. Hey there, pro wrestling fans. Any of you want to get your opinions heard and earn some pocket money in the meantime? Street Bees needs people to do story type surveys on various topics ranging from 3 to 11 minutes and you'll be paid via PayPal. You do need to have an active PayPal account to be paid. Sign up today over at onelink.2 forward slash 7083QL. Once again, that's O-N-E-L-I-N-K dot T-O forward slash 7083QL. Now, let's get back to the show. Going back to the WWE, there seems to be this mass exodus happening in waves, not just because the the company's firing people, but also because talent doesn't want to go there anymore. Mick Foley dropped a video of him talking about how the WWE has a problem. According to him, it's come to the situation in the industry where a lot of the younger talent that's out there now just do not trust the WWE with their career. And that's why they're not keen on re-signing new contracts or even signing developmental deals with the WWE now. Uh, my question to you, Matt, is do you agree with McFoley? And when it comes to mass exoduses from one place, one, one company to another company, who's the linchpin this time? You know, years ago when the Monday Night Wars were a thing, it seems like uh, Sean Waltman had been the linchpin of that situation because once he got over to WCW as the sixth member of the NWO, it seemed like after that, they just went white hot. Don't get me wrong. You know, obviously WWE won the war and whatnot, but there was a time where he, his leaving, his departure was huge because now for, for whatever, whatever that perfect storm was, uh, it created a lot of a heat in the business. It got the NWO over on another level that they weren't on before. So... Who's the linchpin, and do you agree with Foley? Foley uh, has said stuff that we've been talking about since we started this podcast. You know, it's, it's one of those things that I'm just glad that somebody of his status has finally said something. Because, you know, don't get me wrong, I know Sting, or excuse me, I know Mick Foley has, at least, in the, at the very least in the past, had a good relationship with WWE. And I'm, saying, I'm not saying he does it now on a personal level, maybe. But for him to come out and say what he said about about that particular company, I mean, he's more more than spot on. Times are changing. Pro wrestling has evolved to what it is today. It's no longer this one-stop shop place where you just hope that you can build this gimmick enough to where the brass rings say, hey, you're good enough for TV, or you're big enough to be good enough for TV. That doesn't have to exist anymore. That still exists, but it doesn't have to exist anymore. You could go to a place, you can get fired from a place, like we see Ruby Soho, and main event a 20,000 venue arena and and just be over because there's a fan base for it. We live in a world where you have you have teenagers who don't know how to fucking wipe their own ass that are making money 
dancing like a bunch of idiots on fucking social media. We live in that world now. For anybody to say that pro wrestling is just dedicated to what it's been is is completely idiotic and stupid. AEW became a company because based off the popularity of guys and their internet channel and guys that they were able to stream from other companies like a New Japan, like a Ring of Honor. And yeah, eventually they got their own company and they got their own TV channel or TV, or TV spot. But that was all because of the hard work and the dedication from the fans that from from them and then the love from the fans and the following that they got. WWE has this mindset that what they're what they've done for the past 40 years is still working. People are finally calling them out on their shit. Mick Foley being one of them. The way that they have treated young talent and pretty much put them to the fucking side. We we talked about Keith Lee and yeah, okay, that's that's cool if, if that is what they're trying to do, but to me it doesn't matter because you've had Keith Lee for about two years now and you've decided the entire time that he's there we're just going to do jack shit with him yeah I, I get he took some time off for health took time off for other reasons but you've done nothing productive with him you fucking had guys in in nxt who have who back when nxt was essentially underground they get over so well with that crowd and then you bring them to the, your your main roster and you make them look like a bunch of fucking morons every single time to the point where guys have put it in their contract that they don't want to leave NXT they don't want to go to your main roster your big leagues because in the big leagues they're going to be fucking doing nothing or looking like a bunch of fools with stupid names and stupid costumes just stupid stupidness is what it is <laughs> stupid, stupid. and instead you 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 just pretty much just open the door and say hey you want to go be a wrestler you you go be a wrestler somewhere else and now they're like okay yeah <laughs> i'll go do that i'll go be a wrestler somebody else and that's that's what's happening as far as the 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 linchpin I haven't really thought about that, honestly. Maybe you have an answer. I haven't really thought about that, um, who that guy is. I, to me, right now, and maybe you'll enlighten me with somebody, but for me right now, it's just the overall, that overall movement alone has, has like, there isn't just one person that I can pinpoint in my head. I think right now, it might be Adam Cole. He would be the only one, and a lot of that is because of the contract situation for me. And the fact that even though he's disputed the managerial gimmick, he's he's come out and said that wasn't that wasn't a thing. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Reality is Adam Cole on SmackDown was never gonna work. Right. And Adam Cole on Raw, what was he going to do? What was he gonna you do you really think in, in, in any is anybody think in their right mind? Let's say you have Reigns and you have Lashley as champion still. Even if you wanted to put Big E, he's a fucking big guy, so that works here. Adam Cole versus Roman Reigns. You think Vince McMahon's gonna look at that and say that's a main event match? No. Look look at what he look at what's happening to Finn Balor right now. Finn Balor is putting in all this work. He's bringing the fucking demon back, mind you, for at Extreme Rules. For what? So he can job just so we can get Reigns versus Lesnar at the Saudi Arabia show? Be- because Vince will look at somebody like Finn Balor and he will say he is not the guy that can compete 
with Roman Reigns. Adam Cole is the same size. What, what makes Vince McMahon doesn't think guys like Adam Cole work? I, and, and that's why I that's why I bring up Adam Cole. When, when I say linchpin in this situation, in this context, what I mean is it's a person that is going to affect the overall situation with their decision to leave that company, and it, it the them deciding to leave like transcends the the gravity of the situation. So when Waltman did it to go to WCW, yeah, Hall and Nash were already there. Yeah, the NWO was already established. Yeah, Hogan was already a part of the NWO. But when Waltman got there, he was he was another member of the actual clique that got over there and he amped them up to another an, another level. It it was off into the races after that. And it, you felt it. You felt it on on Raw and WWE programming more so than previous. Oh, there's there's other talent in in the industry that will tell you the same thing. When Waltman left, it was it was an important move. So, I I bring up Adam Cole because one thing he did not uh, sit there and dispute was the amount of money he was being touted. So it had been reported either close to a million or around a million or a little over a million. That's what they wanted him to resign for. That's a lot of money to turn down. For someone who Vince McMahon would just bring to a main roster and decide, hey, you're too small. I don't see you as a main eventer, but we're going to give you a million dollars to stay because we don't want you working for the other company. I think that speaks volumes about the situation. But you also bring up Finn Balor, while he is, I don't think he's the linchpin, he is also very important to this situation. He came out in an interview, he told the public on social media, hey, I don't think the WWE needs Finn Balor, and vice versa, like, I don't need them. Pretty much saying, like, hey, I don't need to fucking be here, and but he's still under contract. I guarantee you, he won't be back. He's not going to re-sign. We'll see him re- rejoin probably New Japan uh, if if he has his way and, and Tama Tonga. We won't see Finn Balor back, and I'm okay with that. I think he flourished elsewhere, Yeah. and the reason he got big money and got signed by the WWE was because of that. Shinsuke Nakamura, too. He flourished elsewhere, and they were like, you know what? This guy's hot. We're going to bring him in, and we'll keep him from everybody else. It wasn't because of their talent and their prowess in the ring. It was because they were hot talent, and they didn't want them to go work for anybody else. And they are just like, hey, we'll do what we will with them, because guess what? We can now. Kudos to Adam Cole for finally fucking leaving. It really does suck for the WWE, man. They lost out. They keep losing out on really fucking awesome talent. That's, that's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Well, real quick here. So you you look at a company like WWE, and again, that mindset of what works 40 years ago is still working. This hoarding talent, they've been doing that since the the, the fucking raiding of, of the territories. Yeah. And that mindset, that ego still exists. Oh, you're going to work for me because we're going to pay you all this money. And then you have sellouts like Dolph Ziggler, who I will call a sellout until the day that man fucking retires. He is so talented. Could have been something special. But his career is fucking spent being a fucking loser and a jobber for yeah. a company that never saw any potential in him. And he seems to be okay with and, that. And that's fine. Yeah. I'm sure he's not, he ain't missing no meals. 
But as far as wrestling, he, when his time comes and he's no longer in the business, he's going to be forgotten. Because nobody fucking remembers guys that just lose constantly. That fucking job constantly. Shinsuke Nakamura, or excuse me, Finn Balor is a guy that I've never really been a big fan of. But I'll tell you this right now. Him, if he ever fucking, when he does leave, I should say. And he goes wherever he goes. That's going to be another example of, hey, yeah, I made my money. But my career fucking sucked there. And you can sit there and have a different opinion. Brian Danielson came out the night of All Out. He addressed the crowd after the pay-per-view was over and said, I didn't hate where I came from. That's fine. That's your opinion. That's okay. You know, there's a lot of good things that happened for him there. But the reality situation is this. You can be as nice and and politically correct as you want to be, and maybe that is your true opinion. That's fine. But as a wrestling fan, I'm going to tell you, your career fucking sucked when 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 you were in WWE. And he had one of the better ones. In comparison to, right. you know, the other guys, CM Punk, Finn Balor, you know, a Kevin Owens, all these guys who just were such a big part of this new wave of pro wrestling, and then they all decided to go to WWE, and now the wrestling world has passed them by, and now at their older age, in the twilight of their career, you got CM Punk, you got Brian Danielson, they're saying, hey, I, let me get a piece of this before I can't do this anymore. That speaks volume. That's why I say, like, I don't know if it's just one guy. Adam Cole is a guy who is a current top guy who's established that he is a, cur- a current legit top guy that finally said, enough's enough. Let's go be a fucking wrestler. And let's put on, let's let's make good money. Maybe I'm not going to make a million dollars in a year or whatever, but make still a lot of fucking money. And love God, have fucking fun while doing it. Because what kind of fun is it, like a Shinsuke Nakamura, to the highlight of your fucking week is some jagoff that used to be a punter in the NFL dancing on a table like some fucking douchebag. That's your fucking gimmick now. Here's the thing. I don't know where Shinsuke Nakamura goes. Because we know the Japanese crowd. We've seen it before. He can't just fucking just stroll in there and say, hey, I'm back, and they'll be happy with it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work that way. They're, they're going to look at him and say, you fucking destroyed your name. You ruined your name. Yep. What do you do? What are you doing here? Get the fuck out of here. He's ruined his career in, in a sense. He's going to have a lot of making up to do when he does decide to leave. To me, the easier thing for him is to just fucking just stay there. Although I, I, I don't like that. I mean... I just don't know if he can just waltz right into fucking Japan again. I know he can't. Yeah, no. It's just, man, it, yeah, as far as the mass exodus of WWE, it's my, my, my final thought on that is that it is about fucking time. There's so much good talent that exists in, in, in this profession, and it's about time that we stop putting them in corners, stop putting them in fucking in the back so they can eat all day and never fucking wrestle. You know, I can name so many more that that just are just being treated like like shit just just so they can not sell out arenas like the Arthur Ashe Arena somewhere else. Um, and I'm not even saying go to it go to AEW, I'm just saying in general. So, if that if that trend is finally ending, to me that's the best part of pro wrestling today not to take a shot at WWE for taking a shot but taking a shot at a company that thought that it's a, that still thinks it's okay to just take talent just to take talent it's 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 bad business 
it's unethical, and it's starting to bite them in their ass. And good, and good for everybody else. Another expression, very common expression actually, is shitload. Um, and you can talk about a shitload of something. A shitload means you have a lot, okay? If I have a shitload of friends, it means I have a lot of friends. If I have a shitload of um, books, it means I have many, many books, okay? Uh, Toronto has a shitload of people, <laughs> uh, okay? I would never use these expressions uh, maybe in front of my teacher. These are expressions I would use with my friends. And so I might say, oh yeah, Toronto has a shitload of, of people. It has a shitload of restaurants. Okay, it, it means it has a lot. So here's an example with me. I have a shitload of DVDs. I have a lot of DVDs. So these days with everybody leaving WWE, a majority of the talent, for better or for worse, have, end up, have ended up in AEW. Uh, with the exception of a few, and one of those people who I can't wait to watch again is Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish, now uh, officially part of the MLW family, which MLW does not get enough credit and coverage on this show anyway. <laughs> well, they are back now. They are back, yeah. yeah. They, they did take a hiatus. Um, there's a lot to be said here. I just, real quick, your thoughts on Bobby Fish joining, decision to join MLW. Are you excited to see him there? Would you rather him gone somewhere else? What do you think? No, MLW is the right place for him. MLW is the right place because MLW is the is one of the few places where he's going to get primetime slots. And it's not because that talent pool isn't deep, because it is deep. It is deep. But it's, it's the fact that the way they book, somebody like Bobby Fish is going to be a focal point because Bobby Fish is going to be treated with the respect that he deserves, and that is a main eventer. I get it. Bobby Fish is as well in his 40s. He's not a spring chicken anymore, He's and, he, and he's had a lot of injuries. We don't know how much longer he's got. And what MLW does very fucking good is they take talent that nobody's fucking heard of and they make them known. And they also get enough talent that's current and they find a way to make them even more relevant than they were prior to they get there. That's good business. That's good booking. And Court Bauer is, has done a great job for that company. Absolutely, man. You think of some of the people that are on that, uh, on that roster... And some of the, the fantasy matches that you can have with him, yeah. To me, to me, it's it's a, it's a fucking no brainer. He's he's a guy that could, you know, he has that style where there isn't anybody you can't put him up against. And I think he's going to be great for that young talent. I think he's going to put on great matches with seasoned talent. Uh, I'm I'm waiting for the, the 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 fantasy match of Bobby Fish versus Davy Richards. Oh. Um, <laughs> Which, if we don't get that, Take my I, money. I'm going to complain. So, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, dude, um, it's it's great. MLW is back. Uh, and uh, shout out to Vice because they're they're doing the entire Fightland show. Oh, yeah, that's right. In its right. entirety. Oh, man. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, they, they, have, uh, they have Fusion and now they have Fusion Alpha. Fusion Alpha, right. So, more, more chance of you to see it. If you don't have Vice, if you don't have BN Sports... Just check out their YouTube channel. It's yep. all free. All free. So, I mean, there's no excuses. Tons of great content, man. I'm telling you right now. It's, and that Fightland main event, um, Hammerstone, 
versus Fatu for the title. It's finally happening. Dude. Utah, two behemoths are going to beat the shit out of each other. They're going to beat the piss out of one another. So, yeah, dude, I, I'm, I'm excited. And, again, Dobby Fish going to MLW, that is the right place. You know, Ring of Honor would have been good, sure. All the other companies, here in the States at least, mm-hmm. besides potentially an NWA, I say no to. But MLW is, like, the perfect spot. You know me, I'm an NWA guy through and through. But I agree. I, I wouldn't. Like I, I love Bobby Fish, and I also think he made the right decision. Again, I think he would also work in Ring of Honor. Obviously, yeah, he came from there. I don't know, man. I'm really, really excited to see MLW Bobby Fish. Yeah. So I will say this: uh, far on the indie scene, Bobby Fish. There's a company called Warrior Wrestling. Hit them up, please. <laughs> I want to see Bobby Fish versus Jonathan Gresham. Oh, yes. Take oh. my money all fucking day. So, Warrior Wrestling, if you're hearing us, please book that match. Give that man a call. Uh, our next expression is probably one of my favorites on this list. When shit hits the fan. Okay, so shit hit the fan. What does this mean? When shit hits the fan, it means all these dramatic crazy, um, insane things are happening. Okay. So imagine this, imagine I went to work and at my work, maybe five people, they don't like their job. So they quit. So now maybe it's just me and my boss. Okay. And then maybe, uh, my boss has a terrible day. Um, maybe, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of trouble at my company. There's a lot of problems. When my boss gets really angry, uh, I could say shit hit the fan. When the situation becomes at its most insane, its most crazy, we say shit hit the fan. Okay, so let's look at an example of this. Shit hit the fan when Ken came to work drunk. So when Ken came to work drunk, the situation became very dramatic. Shit hit the fan. It became very dramatic, okay? If um, you have two people who are married, and unfortunately, maybe one of the people has a secret girlfriend or boyfriend, when the, the person finds out about the secret boyfriend or girlfriend, that person's going to be very angry. Shit will hit the fan. The situation will become very dramatic. Back to AEW really quick before we close out the show here. Someone had brought up, this was before the... Danielson Omega match that you and I just watched Mm -hmm. but someone had brought up the idea of how they were sick and tired of seeing the the young bucks and I guess they're calling themselves now the super click now that Adam Cole's uh, part of the elite that they were tired of seeing them and the good brothers just like keep running in and doing the same tired fucking run in and, and disruption of match after match after match this fan had talked about how it is doing a disservice to the many talents of one Kenny Omega and hurting his his integrity and an overall career as, as a world-renowned champ. I mean, if you look back at his New Japan days, he was white hot. I mean, we're talking like mainstream coverage in Sports Illustrated and, and the whole nine. Uh, he, he went from that to uh, what he is now in AEW. Uh, the question that was posed was like, is it too late for Kenny Omega to 
distance himself away from the elite or at the very least the young bucks and the good brothers to reclaim that former glory that he once had that former integrity he once had as a world champ um I'm going to ask you that question, and uh, I, I will say this. For me, and I'll have my own opinion after I hear what you have to say, but my answer is no after watching that Brian Danielson match. He is phenomenal. He's still the Kenny Omega of old, just not all the fucking time. But what do you say? The Kenny Omega heel work that they're trying to convey to us as fans once upon a time worked with a little faction called the bullet club and we've seen the antics of the bullet club both before during and after matches at the same time even during those antics that took place you still were able to fit in a legit match that made him into the best bot machine current situation the current situation that is happening and the reason why i have a problem with this version of kenny omega is that the elites or the super click, whatever you want to call yourselves as a faction versus what you were in the Bullet Club, one thing that you lack is creativity. They're doing the same shtick over and over again. I'm okay with heels. I'm okay with 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 uh, bad antics. I'm okay with good matches sometimes being ruined by, by bullshit because Bullet Club does it all the time. But when I say they do it all the time, I don't mean they do it every single match. It doesn't happen that way. You have to establish yourself as an elite player, and again, that's no pun intended as well, by actually going out there and being the... Kenny Omega's a video game fan, by being the toughest boss in the game. He does that, and then he doesn't do that, like you said. And that's the problem with all of those guys. It's not just Omega, it's it's, it's all of them. I... I I guess it's maybe a little unfair throwing Cole in there because he's, he's so new to this. But the same thing with the Bucks. They used to do shit like this all the time. But they were creative about it and they were selective about it to the point where you didn't always expect it. Now you go out there and you see it and you roll your eyes and you know what's going to happen. And it's the same shtick over and over and over again where back in the day when they were the Bullet Cubs and they were rocking the black and white, they would do something different almost every single night. That's what they lack. Can they still be heels and still... Can Kenny Omega still be a heel and be affiliated with, with these guys and still be the best bot machine? Absolutely. We saw that Yeah, in we match. just saw it right now. <laughs> Shit. But the problem is, is that you have to do it every single night. And if you can't handle that, if, you, if anyone says that, no, that's, that's, that's too much, well, then don't call yourself elite. Call yourself good. <laughs> call yourself solid but don't call yourself elite you know so yeah to me I, I think they can I just don't think that they have booked themselves to that point where they they, they can uh, get themselves out of it right now you have to you have to be entertaining as always you have you have to be innovative the Bullet Club why it works not to make this a Bullet Club thing but why it always works because you never know what they're going to do Every time you think they can't go any farther, they they can't get any dashily. They they top themselves at least a few times a year with these big fucking jaw dropping moments to the point where you're freaking out on your fucking phone watching it because you know it's Japanese wrestling and you know I always get spoiled with it and you're like holy shit 
that just happened. That just it just happened a few weeks ago with show with show yeah show yeah. is now a member of the Bullet Club. Nobody uh, saw that coming. No, you, the, the heel I, turn happened. Yeah, but now he's Bullet Club. Yeah, you know things like that happen. The the for me one of the biggest things that was always, is always going to be the Shibata Kenta moment. Oh. You know just. Just, I mean, goosebumps is taking like yeah, man. <laughs> that son of a bitch of what he did. <laughs> just you know, the Kenny Omega and AJ Styles situation, the night after Wrestle Kingdom, all that stuff, man. Yeah. Like that's the type of heel work that we as fans of of Omega and and the Bucks expect, and we're getting something that you could see on Monday nights. Yeah. And that's the problem. I think that's what a lot of people have a problem with. Okay, so let's look at some more shitty expressions. So our next expression is shits. And that's right, shit has an S here. Be aware of that. Shits and giggles, okay? A giggle is a type of laugh, okay? It's a, a laugh that maybe children do or, you know, hee hee hee. That's a giggle. It's a little laugh. So shits and giggles actually has to do with the idea of fun. When we do something for shits and giggles, it means we do something for no reason other than fun, okay? So imagine if um, I stole a car. I stole the car not because I wanted money for it, not because I needed a car, but if I just stole a car for fun, I could say I stole the car for shits and giggles. I did it for shits and giggles. I did it for fun. Okay, so this usually explains the reason why you did something. I'm glad you mentioned New Japan. Real quick, uh, before we close out the show again, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax 31st Tournament Max the Max <laughs> is what they're, what they're calling it. First three nights as of this recording are available on New Japan World. Get yourself a subscription over at njpwworld.com. It's like eight, nine bucks a month. Well worth your money, oh, yeah. trust me. Mm -hmm. They are doing live English commentary for every night of the G1 this year. First time ever. Uh, shout out to Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton doing a phenomenal fucking job. No Rocky Romero this time. He's in the States. He's in the States. Yeah. But, hey, it's been it's been a blast. I've watched all the first three nights the morning after they aired because I'm at work. <laughs> but, uh, holy shit. First night, huge upset. I won't spoil it. Mm. Second night, Naito gets hurt. Mm. Uh, he is officially out of the G1, torn MCL, thanks to the stretching from one Zack Sabre Jr. <sighs> Say what you want about pro wrestling, he's a legit pro wrestler. He just showed it. He he fucking tore somebody's MCL. Didn't, uh, highly debated that he did it on purpose, but, uh, you know, he was told to, by the ref multiple times, like, ease up on the fucking knee, and he didn't do it, and he beat him into submission, and tore an MCL. So, sorry for Naito. I think Zack Sabre Jr. just proved exactly how deadly he can be. And then third night, Kota Ibushi and Tomohiro Ishii beat the absolute piss out of one another. That was something interesting to watch. Is it me or does Ishii stay pretty quiet until the G1 comes? He, and then yeah. he's involved in oh, some crazy I, matches. I just, like, I'm <laughs> sitting there watching that match and I'm like, what more... Is gonna go on like they were. It was just stiff the entire match. Yeah, 
And I was telling Matt before we started recording, there was a spot in the match where they're both laying on the mat spent and the referee is counting to get them back up. And he rolls over and he just starts kicking Kota Ibushi in the head. Like, repeatedly. And they were not soft kicks. So, fucking Ibushi gets tired of it and he rolls away from him. And then a little bit later, he fucking returns the favor. He, he fucking sits up off the mat. He's just like, ah, 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 you know? It's crazy, crazy shit. Awesome fucking match. And then uh, third night, the I believe the main event was uh, Shingo Takagi versus Zack Sabre Jr. With pretty much Takagi going into the match saying like, hey, there's fucking hell to pay. Not because, not just because I'm the champ and I'm defending during the G1, but now you fucked up Naito, I'm gonna fuck you up. There's gotta so, be some receipts there, huh? There was a receipt and, <laughs> and that was their first meeting since like, I think 2003. Oh shit. Yeah, they were talking about it on, on their, I could be wrong on the year, they had a, a tournament match uh, for WXW out in Germany. Mm-hmm. And they were talking, uh, Kevin Kelly was talking about how Takagi pretty much owned Zack Sabre Jr. in under 10 minutes at that match. So I won't spoil the match during G1 this year, but please, G1 is always a force to be reckoned with when it comes to pro wrestling. Every night, there's there's going to be at least one match that you're going to be salivating over. And so far, first three nights, no disappointment. No disappointment. Beautiful. So, uh, that's gonna do it for this week, unless you got something to add. There's so much going on. No, I know. I, yeah, um, <laughs> I just I just know that I I got to get on the G1. Um, the 20 by 20 Studios is currently under construction, so I'm a little cooped yeah. up here. Uh, plus, I just got a PS5, so I'm oh, yeah, yeah. kind of playing that too. So, but uh, man, G1 is always always uh, an exciting time. If you are a wrestling fan, that is definitely something that uh, if you if you've never enjoyed a G1 climax. I would highly suggest every single show if you can, because, like my partner says, it's there's no fillers. Just because, I mean, a lot of tournaments we see here in the states, you can you kind of get it gets hot towards the end of the, the the tournament. From night one all the way to the end, it's there's something going down. Well, and now this year they're calling Block A the Block of Death because of all of the people in that block. Yeah. And it is just, dude, it is, out of the two blocks, it's the more highly contested. Mm -hmm. Even without Naito. Yeah. You know? So, it's going to be badass. It's already badass. Yeah. Alright, that's going to do it this week for us, ladies and gentlemen. This has been episode 123. Holy shit. One, two, three. We're getting old. We're getting (laughs) (laughs) old. You can find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash 20x20crew is our official Facebook page. Uh, you want to come talk to Matt and I and uh, a host of others? Do so. Facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk uh, is our official Facebook group. We are available on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at 20x20crew. Please email us question, comments, concern, 20x20crew at gmail.com. And, of course, our home on the web, 20x20crew.com, where you can find all of our past episodes merchandise and the like also please take the time subscribe to patreon a dollar a month for a bunch of exclusive content which we're going to record another episode right here right now right after this episode so head on over to patreon.com 
slash 20x20crew. We're about to talk Brian Danielson in the G1. Ooh. <laughs> That's exciting, man. So, uh, it's exciting that we, it's actually a possibility. Oh, man. I'm telling you. 2022, maybe? We'll see. But for now, 123 is in the books, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you go out and support professional wrestling. Professional wrestling's back. Go support your local shows. Go have a, a good time. Hopefully, it's somewhere close to you. If not, please watch on television. There's tons of stuff out there for you to watch. And uh, I have been Joe. You have been Matt. I say it more for me than the, the audience because sometimes I get us mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have been fan-fucking-tabulous, as always. And next time, we will see, see you, you in the, the ring. ring. Our next expression... I shit you not, okay? I shit you not. If you tell someone, I shit you not, it means I am being honest. I am not lying. This is true. I shit you not means this is true, okay? So imagine if I told you, I just saw a ghost. If it was true, I could say, I shit you not, I just saw a ghost. I just saw an alien, I shit you not. It's true.